Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called, What's the Deal with Jesus and the Law? Matthew 5, verse 17, actually still through 48. I just had a short note in response to one of my recent morning briefings. Thank you for the message. Kindly keep on sending. It was from Edward, from Delhi, India. I can picture Edward, some 8,000 miles away in India, looking at his computer monitor and reading the words that are inspired by Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in Matthew 5. The Beatitudes were somewhat captivating, enough to plow through English that may not be his first language. Just the consideration of having the character qualities and these heart traits elevates our thinking and dispositions, doesn't it? And then talking to his disciples, both his original ones and those of us who claim his name today, Jesus talked about how flavorful, how positive, and how distinctive we should be in the world. People ought to be attracted to how we live life. But then Jesus seems to change course in his message, and he says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill them. I picture Edward's face as he thinks, Now this California pastor lady has lost me, especially as he keeps on reading. Edward, my brother, please stick with me on this, as the message Jesus gives here is critical to our choosing him. Jesus only as compared to many of the Hindu gods, or Allah, or just opting to be a good person. Jesus masterfully shows the difference in his interpretation of the law, and the Jewish leader's hyper-religious understanding of the law. When Jesus said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill them, It was a mission statement. He came as a fulfillment of the law and the prophets, which in essence means Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Don't you know that the Old Testament is is completely written um, with arrows focused forward to the coming of the Messiah? With regard to the law, Jesus is the only person who ever lived a perfectly holy life. And he was also the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies made about him. Now, what was Jesus talking about when he referred to the law? First and foremost, Jesus was referring to what we know as the Ten Commandments, which God gave to Moses while the Israelites were in the desert. Remember? Moses went up on Mount Sinai and God dictated them to him. Perhaps a visit to the foot of the mountain to recall them is in order here. Here's the Ten Commandments list in a short form. First, you shall have no other God before me. The second commandment, you shall not make idols. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. 
Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And number ten, you shall not covet. For the Ten Commandments in full, they're found in two places, Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. But the Jewish people held the Torah, or the Pentateuch, the first five books, as their complete sacred law, which included 613 points of law that dictated every area of life, from the washing of hands to the handling of food to the definition of work, etc. Truth be told, Jewish legalists had a passion for definition. So they asked, what is work? Initially, the simple explanation of work was to carry a burden on the Sabbath. But then the question came, what constitutes a burden? Thus, following the Torah was the oral law contained in the Talmud and Mishnah. Over the years, religion became a legalistic system of petty rules and regulations, with those who upheld all of them most closely being deemed the most righteous. In Jesus' day, they were called the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Jewish leaders felt Jesus was a threat to their piety and self-righteousness. Because he was such a radically different teacher than they had ever seen, they were certain that Jesus was going to abolish the law. At the very least, they accused him of relaxing the law. So, in the successive verses, Jesus lets the people know it was not just about following the letter of the law. For indeed, in God's eyes, it wasn't just the act of adultery or murder that was sin, but the lust or hatred that preceded them. No, Jesus wasn't just after their actions. Jesus was after their hearts. He would uphold the law on their behalf in ways none of them ever could. Though their inability to keep the law did point out their sin and need for the Messiah. And Jesus alone would fulfill what the prophets had predicted about him hundreds of years earlier. Here's the thing. Your standing with God is not based on what you have done or not done. That is, your upholding of the law. Your position before God is not based on your keeping the law. Your position before God is secured through your relationship with Jesus Christ because of what He came to do and, in fact, did.